river. fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including lifting the curtain, giving you the inside track to what's happening on stage and off. There's our pick of the week. We'll pull a show out of the vault and can you name that show? Well, and we've also got the quick quiz. And Daisy Winter Taylor is in the chair for our spotlight interview. And that's all before midday here on Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company Marlow. We're right across the Thames Valley. This is River Radio. Yeah, and we're on tour. I know. We've come for a little trip to your lounge. I know. Well, thanks for having us. <laughs> no worries at all, mate. Huddled as we are over a piano stool with a microphone. We'll see whether it works. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Stage door on the road. It's quite fun, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a bit jolly. I mean, I don't have a coffee, but I've got a lovely sparkling if, water. If, if we can get this right, yeah. we can do this anywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We could be broadcasting backstage at the Olivier's. Oh. Now, I have a confession. Go on. I was wrong what, last done? week. Okay. I said... In the quiz? That, yeah, I said in the <laughs> quiz that on the first read of option A, yep. you said block tech dress. And you didn't. You said block dress tech, which wasn't the right answer, and therefore I was wrong, which means the coffees are on me next time, as it I remember. It is. Yes, that is correct. Now, speaking of errors and omissions, whilst we're on... Having, okay, what have I know, done now? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all right. Still me. Okay. And um, a few weeks ago, when we did our Shakespeare quiz with Rob Lane in the studio, yes, yes. Uh, I mistake... I was convinced that the quotation was Prospero about Caliban, but I was so confused why I'd got it wrong. Okay. Because actually, the answer was a Othello. It was this green-eyed monster. That's right. Oh, yes. I um, yeah. And I was mixing it up with them, this thing of darkness, I think. However, I've realised that one of the reasons I've conflated those two things is because of a brilliant BBC trailer from 2012. During the Olympic Games, we had a duty. I think, I don't know whether this is constant across all, mm. like, Olympics, but you have a duty to do a, um, a cultural Olympiad. So the Beeb did a whole load of programmes... Um, and they launched this with a brilliant trailer. I use it when I'm teaching Shakespeare because it's really well shot. Looks right. great. Sounds good. Um, based on the seven deadly sins. And Othello rushes forwards in anger um, and merges into Henry V. It looks so good. And I went back and watched this trailer. I went, and it looks, I mean, it's so good. Look, here it is. So it's sort of all sparkly and makes it all look magical. And at the end, it explodes into a galaxy and says a whole host of programmes across Ooh. the BBC. Um, but... You hear him say, this green-eyed monster, and it is definitely Othello. So, okay. Yeah, I was wrong again. I wonder if I get anything right in the quiz this week. It is the green-eyed monster! There you go, green-eyed monster. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, close, but no cigar. But that's OK. That was on uh, quotes that we... Um, that, like... Shakespeare language that we use in everyday speech. Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. My chances, my chances of getting that right, slim to none. And I think, what did we get? I think we got five or six each, didn't we? You, no, no, you gave us six in total, and we we right. got two. Rob got two points. I got 
<coughs> less than. Remember. But that's okay. That's okay. Less than two. That's right. I've, I remember last week you got five out of five. Yeah, riding high. Let's yeah. take that kind of sass and attitude positivity <laughs> into this week and see whether we can name that show. All right. Da, 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 ba, da, ba, ba. Name that show. They're building the tallest quads with trees, resting on the libraries. Play. Ah, so okay. dress salons and libraries. Yes. Um, this is very well known. <laughs> very well known. So I really hope lots of people will write in and tell us what they think that is. Write in? What, on a postcard? Um, ride in, maybe? On a, <laughs> <laughs> on a horse? Well, something similar to ah, the yeah. theme of the song. Uh, but no, what we really need you to do is to email in uh, joe at river.radio. Tell us what you think. Uh, the show is that that little tiny clip comes from. Let's listen to it again. They're building the tallest quads with trees, resting on the libraries. So, I want to sing the next lyrics. Uh, yeah, I think everybody who's listening wants to do that as well. It's it's such an uplifting song. I love this one. Um, we did this at drama school. Yeah. It was one of our projects. Uh, we had to sing a song every term. Um, and this, it feels to me like it's a bit of a nod in some ways to Les Mis. Okay. Some of the lyrics in it. Perhaps okay. the title. <laughs> okay, well, yes, I, I get that. Uh, but anyway, if you think you know what it is, email in joe at river.radio and uh, get on my leaderboard because it means you would have guessed the show that it comes from in your first guess and you get three stars for that. Uh, there'll be two more clips. Uh, you can, if you're a bit, a bit unsure, two more clips to listen to and, and then you can email in. It's a, it's a privilege and an honour to be here in the place where the hallowed book itself is kept. I hadn't realised you'd got it in a perspex locked cabinet on display, beautifully lit with halogens. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> it's the glitter. It's so... And the Swarovski crystals. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, <laughs> you've really gone to town. <laughs> Right, well, this is lifting the curtain when we rifle through the listings locally, nationally and digitally to see what's going on. Yeah. And there, as always, there's loads coming up. Um, The first thing I spotted is Bad Jews. Did you realise this was coming back? Yes. So it's on from today, from the 14th of July. It's on till the 25th of September. If you're thinking, I've heard that title before. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, it had record-breaking sold-out runs last time in the West End and it's back at the Arts Theatre now. It began its life in Broadway in 2012 and then since... Since then, it's done UK shows. I think it's been in the West End twice. It's done yep. a UK tour. And it's about Daphne Fagenbaum, who's a quote-unquote real Jew, with an Israeli boyfriend to prove it. <laughs> and then her cousin Liam brings home his non-Jewish girlfriend, Melody, and declares ownership of the grandfather's necklace a brawl starts over Woo. family, faith and legacy. Now, I'm loving these quotations from three different newspapers. Okay. And because you'll see they fall into a little bit of a pattern. The Independent called it shockingly good. Sunday Times, blisteringly funny, and the Evening Standard, ferociously clever. So they've all gone, they've just saddled in there. With yeah, the, yeah, well, yeah. Stuck a couple of descriptive words together, but yeah, yeah, so that's Bad Jews, and that's on now till the 25th of September at the Arts, Fantastic. which is a theatre we know well. We do know that well. That's, yes, we met there, yeah. kind of. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Um, the London's V&A Museum are going to... This is in October, but I'm really quite excited. It's just been announced. There's a new free musical theatre exhibition oh. okay, at the London's V&A Museum. And it's featuring previously unseen items from theatre and performance collections. It's reimagining musicals. 
and it's going to celebrate some of our best love musicals from Miss Saigon to My Fair Lady, Six in the Musical, everyone's talking about Jamie, and we'll explore their cultural significances in Great. times, which I think is really interesting. The museum said that reimagining musicals will explore how musicals have been adapted, revived and retold for new audiences and reimagined against cultural and historical contexts. So I think this is really interesting because if you go back and have a look at some of... Um, you know, the old, like, Oklahoma is a good example, or... Um, oh, uh, Oklahoma, where the oh. wind comes whistling down the plain. Oklahoma. Thank you, Roddy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stand down. No, but, the, but there's lots of, um, even South Pacific and things like that, Cult- culturally, you know, uh, we moved on quite a lot. Yeah. We have a lot more awareness and appreciation and understanding. So some of these old musicals almost uh, sort of gone yeah yeah so it's going to be interesting to see this exhibition and see if they bring that up and how they would suggest to change it possibly well i remember or... a few years ago when my friend was touring um christina bennington who was recently in uh, bad out of hell and yep. she was my wife in christmas carol years ago but i remember when she was doing showboat and i went to see it of course there's a whole thing there about how you how you depict, how you couch a musical of its time in the way that a film now can say this depicts um, ca- yep. characters and attitudes and you think, nah, nah thanks, I'm out. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit trickier with a musical because people are so wedded to and fond of some of the music, mm-hmm. they can sometimes appreciate it without clocking the context it yeah. was in. Yeah. And you can be happily singing a lyric without knowing what it means. Yeah, which is frightening. Yeah. Um, so that anyway, that would be good. That's at the V&A. Um, oh, I love the V&A. From, the, from October. Um, announcement that Anne Juliet is opening on Broadway. Yes. Isn't that exciting? Absolutely. Really exciting. That's going to be from October at the Broadway Stephen Sondheim Theatre. So that's exciting. Um, and written by David Westreed and featuring the songs of the writer Max Martin. Um, you know, we've got Lorna Courtney's in the title role. Uh, loads of fan. Fantastic people. I'm just having a look through. Um, oh, Stark Sands. Tony Nominee Stark Sands as Shakespeare. He's brilliant. He played wow. the lead in uh, Kinky Boots and Broadway. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He, I, I like his voice a lot. Oh, great. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, so, there's a load of stuff announcing for autumn, actually. We're in the season where, actually, summer's up and running. Anything that's about to open, you know, today or tomorrow has been publicising itself, banging us over the head with their flyers for weeks now because they wanted us to buy tickets ready, fresh for the summer holidays, whereas now they're looking forward to telling us what's coming later. The RSC's just unveiled two world premieres for the other palace. No, oh, not the other palace. Wow, that's come full circle. The Other Place, which when The Other Palace rebranded itself, I was furious because it sounded like they were riffing off or ripping off The Other Place. But yes. The Other Place um, uh, has unveiled two world premieres this autumn as part of apparently the return of its Mischief Festival. Okay. I didn't know they ever did a Mischief Festival, but it's nice to know that there is one. Um, first play is Nina Segal's George Devine Awards shortlisted O Island. Mm-hmm. And so that's the 30th of September to the 5th of November with Guy Jones directing. I'm sure you mentioned Guy Jones last week directing something. And then the second show is B. Roberts, a writer I love, done loads of work in uh, this neck of the woods. Darkly comic Ivy Tiller, Vicar's Daughter, Squirrel Killer, which, 
which follows like a young that. yeah I do which follows a young Devonshire woman who has a drive to murder medium-sized rodents and that's the 6th of October to the 5th of November with Caitlin McLeod directing now Erica Wyman who's currently the acting artistic director of the RSC said both were early casualties of Covid so lovely that these things that have been sloshing around are getting yeah. aired because I did worry that some of that stuff that had had so much development work done had just disappeared um, and apparently each raised profound questions about how we cope with external shocks so it's possible that each have also since covid been reframed and reconfigured to um, speak to us now uh, but it's great to see the other place back the other place a yep. really lovely studio space that for a while has just been a sort of safe rehearsal room where everyone can be distanced but it's a big old studio yeah. and it's been a brilliant breeding ground of new work for years so great to see that back brilliant breeding ground that, yeah, that was, was very well specific well thanks yeah <laughs> I, I nearly lost it but yeah just managed to cling onto the rails um i was gonna just mention that the new cast has been announced for jersey boys in the west end oh right now jersey boys has been around a bit yes. you know um but one of <laughs> um my students from years and years and years ago is in it again which is fantastic oh, brilliant yeah there's some really great uh singers they sort of have quite a few to play lots of different parts and to um you know, understudy yeah. swing in, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so that's really exciting. And Lake Siri, Lake, it's not even Lake, it's Luke Siri, <laughs> uh, who's currently playing um, alternate Frankie Valley on the UK and Ireland tour, um, will make his West End debut as Frankie Valley in this. Oh, nice. So that's nice, yeah. It's always uh, lovely when somebody's been touring the role and then gets to do it in Oh, the West yeah, End. isn't that? Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Anyway, so there's fantastic uh, talent in that. Uh, the Jersey Boys, written by Marshall Brickman and Rick Elise, with music by Bob Galdi and lyrics by Bob Crew. And this production at the Trafalgar Theatre is staged by the original Broadway creative team, which oh. is lovely. So, you know, I'm quite curious to see this as opposed to, um, you know, some of the others. Yeah. Other tribute kind of acts. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Because yeah. it isn't the same as a tribute. No, Show. Yeah. no, but it's funny how many of those um, jukebox musicals, musicals pulling in famous artists' work are so enduringly popular. Yeah, you know the the artistic and theatrical establishment can turn its nose up as much as it slash I like, but actually they sell. Audiences love that kind of stuff. Music that you can tap onto and already know, and if you can string a good story through there as well, why not? Uh, well, with helicopters chugging overhead here in the leafy heart of the Thames Valley, <laughs> should we listen to a train coming down the track? Why not? I um, mean, I mentioned I nearly derailed earlier. This is a piece of music from Dumbo, the live-action version with real flying elephants. Yeah. And this is a bit of music from Danny Elfman, which I really like. Awesome.
aspirational. I can hear, I mean, the rhythm is brilliant. Yeah. But it just, all that clanking and optimism. Um, Speaking of clanking optimism, you're listening to Stage Door, sponsored by Jam Theatre Company Marlow on River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android, search for River Radio Live. You can tell Alexa, play River Radio, and we're... Right here, right now, broadcasting to you on DAB. We are indeed, and we're lifting the curtain. We're still doing some local and further afield information for you, for you to go and enjoy some shows. So, um, thought I'd mention at the Kenton Theatre in Henley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice and close. They've got lots of um, community events, Great. which is really cool. There's um, Legally Blonde, uh, the musical with a, a local group. There's Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, as well, Fanboy. Do you know that show? No. Yes, I so. use it as a mnemonic to try and help children remember the um, six coordinating conjunctions. But <laughs> Wow, I don't even know what that is. But anyway, <laughs> Fanboy is um, going to be at the Kenton on the, I'm just looking really, really quickly, Thursday the 28th of July. And basically it says that Joe has always been a nerd in his teens he hit it in his 20s he owned it and now in his 30s joe is obsessed with nintendo star wars and a muppet's christmas carol but he started to notice something about the way certain fans are behaving and when joe finds himself alone in his room sorting out through his things he finds an old videotape he dusts off the vcr if anybody remembers what that is (laughs) uh presses play and something strange starts to happen so it's a bit of a love-hate letter to pop culture and nostalgia uh, award-winning, award-winning, I can't speak. Award-winning <laughs> writer and performer Joe Selman Lever um, explores our relation to our past and our future selves with his generation so obsessed with its childhood. So yeah, so this comes to the Canton for its final preview before its world premiere at Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, nice! Yeah. So if you want us to go and support, that's on Thursday, the twenty-eighth of July, at seven thirty at the Canton Theatre. Great! Ah, oh, lovely. Um, now, I've got a couple of things just still looking forwards into into the future uh, because there are so many things coming up now in the in the autumn. Mrs. Warren's Profession uh, is at the Richmond Theatre in November. Now, this is obviously George Bernard Shaw's play, but it's always had a whiff of scandal about it, partly because when it was first written mm. uh, in 1894, it was banned for 30 years by the Lord Chamberlain. Isn't it extraordinary that we used to have censorship, that plays would have to go through somebody appointed by the Crown to check whether it was allowed to be heard. Um, And he found it immoral and improper. So if you fancy an immoral and improper night at the theatre, well, who better to be uh, there with than Caroline Quentin? I love Caroline. I like Caroline Quentin. Uh, She's Mrs Warren. You probably know her from Men Behaving Badly or from Jonathan Creek. I love her in Jonathan Creek. Went downhill when she left. Um, (laughs) Oh, and then Strictly. In fact, did she win Strictly? No. She was on Strictly in 2020. Um, so, And she's there with her daughter. So Mrs. Okay. in Mrs Warren's profession, obviously a large, a large part of it, we're tracking the daughter coming to terms with just what her mother does. Um, and Vivi is played by Caroline's real-life daughter, Rose. Um, and the whole thing about this show is what is Mrs Warren's profession? Because Vivi has a comfortable upbringing. She goes to Cambridge. She has a hefty monthly allowance. And then twigs it might all have been funded from the profits of the world's oldest profession. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, people always joke that there are the two oldest professions in the world and acting's the second one. Um, but it's one of Shaw's wittiest and most provocative plays. And uh, it's not banned anymore. It's back. And also the lovely thing about Richmond Theatre, a bit like the Aylesbury Theatre, yep. um, a little bit nearer to uh, n- little bit nearer to us, is that it's got the 25% discount for local heroes. Oh, that's So good. get it whilst you can. That's um, teachers, social care workers, prison officers, if you're in the armed forces. Uh, but yeah, there's various different things coming up. The best exotic marigold hotel is in Richmond. Um, that gets the discount. So does Noughts and Crosses. That's coming at the end of September, 27th to the 29th. And then Noises Off into October, 4th of October to the 13th of October. They all get that 25% local heroes discount at Richmond. Yeah, That's so brilliant. So if you fall into that category, get yourselves a discount. Absolutely. Now, um, Wickham Swan's got quite a few things coming up. Oh, Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, they've got uh, Strictly, Keep Dancing. No, yeah. Uh, That's on the 20th of July. Um, Their Youth Summer Project is... uh, in August as well, and they're doing Big Fish, the musical. I don't mm. know if you know that one, which is one of my favourites. I love favorites. Big Fish. Yeah, the film is just I went to stunning. see Big Fish uh, with, uh, who played Frasier? Quite famous actor. Oh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, Kelsey Grammer, thanks yes. very much. I went to see that with very low expectations. You know, I thought, well, they've just, this is a star vehicle. I'm sure it'll be very twee and very sweet. And I was oh, sobbing. It's absolutely wonderful. sobbing. Yeah, beautiful. The songs are beautiful as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is at the Wickham Swan. If you want to go and see that, that's... Um, the end of August. Uh, but also, uh, don't forget, for your young kiddies, we've got Peppa Pig's best day <laughs> ever. Um, and that's at the end of August as well at the Wickham Swan. Now, um, just wanted to mention Yvonne Arno Theatre in Guildford. Yes. Now, it's not that far away compared to, you know, no. we're sort of a little bit oh, on the definitely external. within a reach, yeah. yeah. For anyone with a car, I mean, unless you're on a bike like me, you'll be fine. <laughs> Well, anyway, what I really like, they've got some great upcoming shows. The play What I Wrote, which is um, <laughs> a version of um, Malcolm and Wise. Yeah. Gruffalo is on the 15th, 16th of July, so just in a couple of days' time. Uh, Gary Delaney, um, his comedy show. But what I'm really excited about is they do a lot of creative learning workshops. So they have a, a workshop um, from the 3rd to the 5th of August doing creative characters. They have a lighting design and practical introduction oh, training nice. for a, it's a one-day workshop. They have um, sound design for the stage yeah. workshop. You know, I think this is all brilliant. Um, and I just think it's an opportunity for anybody who's vaguely interested in those things, especially adults, because there aren't many courses or anything for adults to sort of dip into from, a, an, I suppose, an amateur point of view yeah, um, and just sort of learn a few things. But it is great that I remember years ago touring the Minder Tour for Bristol Vic, we took it on a schools tour and it was expressly part of the point of that tour that in the Q&A afterwards we showcased the other elements of a production yeah. beyond the actors that you were looking yeah. at, the other people who'd been involved. Because, the uh, you know, whether you're a kid or a grown-up, you don't necessarily get an appreciation of the enormous workforce that's involved to mount that production on stage because it it's the actors standing there in the fancy costumes and I'll wear any fancy costume I'm given um, but it's you there with the wigs and the sequins taking the bow that feel like you're taking the plaudits but of course that applause is for everyone backstage as well but who are they or what do they all do and how do you get involved this sounds like a great way of exactly appreciating and I think I mentioned a few weeks ago the Wickham Swan was doing the odd little workshop like that as oh, well yeah. so um, just go to these websites and have a look because there's some fantastic stuff out I there. mean I love all the text side as well. Yeah. You'll be surprised here. It's fa- 
fascinating and seeing what you can do technically. We spoke a few weeks ago to um, my friend Ollie, who's the projectionist on uh, Back to the Future. He's sort of yeah. managing the projection. and The tech that's involved just to get that up there and make it look like that is extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned you mentioned a VCR earlier. Have you got a, have you got a VCR here? No, no. It worries me that slightly because I, I mean, I've, people were giggling at me the other day for having a DVD player. Yeah. But at some point, somebody's going to have a beautiful recording or a piece of footage of them as as a little kid or mm. a treasured family member. It's going to be trapped on a tape or a DVD. No, it's not because okay. there is a shop in Henley <laughs> called Henley Scan that will be able to change. It into something excellent more digital. local, excellent yes. local knowledge. Very good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Did you know there's a new theatre coming? No. There is a new theatre coming, the Marlebone Theatre. Where? I mean, people. Would that be a Marlebone? Are you joking? <laughs> Um, there are there are a few new theatres being built. There's okay. obviously the one right by Tottenham Court Road Station, which is, looks poised to be opened. It's glittering with gold and glass and modern sort of big black mm. steelwork. It looks very impressive. But no, this theatre is the Marlebone Theatre. It opens this autumn with Dimitri, um, adapted by Peter Oswald from a rediscovery of an unfinished work by Friedrich Schiller, set in 17th century Russia, follows a power dispute between those vying for the throne. Does that feel, feel contemporaneous Close. to current? affairs and um, well i mentioned the tom hollander play it sounds very similar to that I mentioned that one at the almeida a few weeks ago but yeah this is in 17th century russia russia tim supple the former artistic director of the young vicks directing that and that's on in just a couple of weeks 29th of september on to the 5th of november and that's at a new theater so if you want to go and sit in plush new seats <laughs> sniff the fresh paint and enjoy a gin and tonic in a cold glass from a fresh cold bar uh, then that's the marlebone theater which is opening any second now Fantastic. Right, it's Joe's turn. OK, I'm going to go local again. Brilliant. If that's OK. Yeah, please do. Um, and this is just more of an encouragement and um, celebration of all those people who do perform. Okay? Oh, yeah. So at the Oxford Playhouse... Yes. ..they have a lovely production... From the Oxford Operatic Society mm. of Calendar Girls, the musical. Yes. Right. So the musical, um, obviously we know the film and we know the play. Yeah, shall I get you a teapot now whilst you describe this? No. <laughs> a couple of teapots? <laughs> um, and this is something I've been, um, you know, planning to direct as well uh, very soon, hopefully. Um, anyway, Calendar Girls, the musical, uh, is by Gary Barlow from Take mm-hmm. That, obviously, and Tim Firth. And it starts on the 11th. Ah. So... We're right in the time. So yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. Friday and Saturday yeah. to go. So, you know, go and fill those seats because the Playhouse is quite a big theatre as well. Yeah, it is. And it's been beautifully redone. Yeah. I mean, I was really surprised when I went a couple of Christmases ago to find that the, all the seats are brilliantly, brightly coloured. Yeah. You know, it's a complete nice. Technicolor auditorium. So they've slightly shaken off that red velvet thing, which is very beautiful, but it's a really nice, family-friendly, welcoming place to go. Well, that's great. And I, and I know that... You know, anybody that's trying stuff out, Oxford Operatic Society, I don't know of them myself personally, but I know that they are people who will want to do a really good job of this and celebrate the writing, the songs, the uh, create the what's the word? The not the ambience, but the uh, cannot culture. uh, no, uh, no. I'll probably think of it Keep next coming. week. I love trying to find a word. I oh, do. Yeah, you'll be in the middle. Of, you'll be in the middle of a bath, and you'll go. I've got it. Eureka! 
um, the uh, the essence. I don't know. Uh, maybe the essence is the right word of the uh, original movie, and you know, just they might not be professional actors, yeah. Um, but I know they'll want to do a really good job, and they they will want a really good audience as well. I think sometimes we forget to go and celebrate theatre. Yeah. In general. And particularly if it's something that you love anyway, even if the depiction of it isn't necessarily as vivid as you remember it on screen or in your favourite version of it, actually the spirit of it is still there and you can appreciate the it. spirit, that's probably the word spirit, I wanted. Spirit, John Spirit. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take that one. So it's obviously based on the play Calendar Girls written by Tim Firth um, and the, the, obviously the motion picture was written by Tim Firth and Juliet Tawhidi and now with music by Gary Barlow. So, you know, if you... Even if you just like Gary Barlow, go and have a listen and have some fun and celebrate these brave women who are going to be part naked on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, I've got one last thing, which is that the Papatanga New Writing Prize has announced its winner, Clive Judd. I did see that. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1,500 submissions. Well, 1,553 to be precise. And his play here gets to be staged this autumn at the larger space in Southwark Playhouse. That's from the 11th of November to the 3rd of December. So, I mean, right at the very end of autumn, almost Christmas, almost um, winter. But yes, that's here. And it follows a group of four family members who are packed into a small house in the West Midlands. Mm -hmm. And as I read that, I thought, I wonder what inspired Clive (laughs) to write this over the course of the last two years. Um, Now, the runners-up, I saw all. Oh. Get, they all get five hundred quid and a filmed reading. So that's oh, all that right, is isn't it? really so good. I must go and write a play and enter next year. Yep. Um, guess how much the winner gets? So he gets it put on. He gets his play put into um, print by Nick Hearn. Amazing. Guess how? Guess how much money he gets? Thousand. Seven thousand. Oh, good. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a decent heft of cash. So, how many runner-ups get the five hundred? I think there were six. I think there okay, were six so that's up. another three. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, a good dollar there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, that's the Papatanga New Writing Prize. That's great. And you can see here at the Southwark Playhouse in the autumn. Okay, I might get writing as well. <laughs> yeah. Just to finish, can oh, we yeah. just remind everybody that um, uh, the twenty-second of July is the opening of Whistle Down the Wind at the Watermill Theatre. And we've spoken about that show so many times, um, but just wanted to remind you that that is coming up. So uh, book now. Very nice. I feel like we've been at a buffet and our plates are piled high. I know. Uh, with all these goodies. Right, let's do part two of Name That Show. Name That Show. I want to be in this Right. That's all you get for the second clip. That's it. I know. And I think that's a really telling part, actually, of the song. Yeah. Hoi polloi. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> there are many a musical that has that as a lyric in there. Go on, then. What's that? What's hoi polloi? Um, isn't it like in the, where all the hustle and bustle, where, yeah, where yeah. the action is kind all of the thing. people. Yeah, it's just yeah. The, it, the people, the mob, the masses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like the plebs, but it's the Greek word rather than the Latin. Oh, OK. Well, there you go. Learn something new. <laughs> I want to be. Right. right, and if you know what musical that little clip comes from, email jojo at river.radio and you can be on my leaderboard in the running for some free West End tickets. Oh, West End. Yeah, did I not say You've that? You've trailed tickets. I haven't heard West End before. Oh, okay. Hey, this prize is getting spinnier by the minute, yeah. isn't it? Right, loads still to come, including our spotlight interview with Daisy Winter-Taylor, but now it's the quick quiz. <laughs>
as every week, Joe's favourite part of stage I, I do tour. love it. You know, I do love it because I, I get a chance to challenge you. Yes. You know, and I think sometimes... Wipe that smug smile off. <laughs> I, I do I do know that, you know, at some point it was meant to alternate. Mm. You know, these... Uh, yeah, no, you kibosh that really, really quickly. But look, I'm learning all the time. There are some things I've remembered from... In fact, what you ought to do at some point is a... Which of these questions that you got wrong in 1996 or whenever we started? Nice. Can you now remember the answers to I like that. OK, so here we go. Here's some mm-hmm. questions for you. Um, according to the musical, how many years has the annual Putnam Counting Spelling Bee been running? Ooh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question two. What is the name of the murderous plant in Little Shop of Horrors? Ah, uh, yeah. OK, I've got an idea. I'm not sure I know. According to the lyrics of My Fair Lady, where does it rain? Uh, yes. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I like My Fair Lady. You like it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's ha- one of my faves. Do you ha- not remember? I, we had this huge wind-up about the fact you said you don't like it. And I, then and then Kayla backed an, uh, me up because Kayla went, yeah, you have said you don't like that one and you had to do a retraction, so... <laughs> OK, you're getting a bit, a bit funny. Well, <laughs> no, I like it, I like it, it's good fun. And it's on in, in the minute in the West End. Well, it's on at the E&O. I know, I know. And uh, the lovely leading lady was in um, The Boyfriend at the... Many a chocolate factory with my son. Ah, oh, yeah, so everything is such a small world. It is, you know, it really Darn is. It. Anyway, what question are we up to? Question four, I think we're on, aren't we? Question four. Thank you. So, question four is: Who will buy? Is a song from which nineteen sixty eight musical? Oh, do you know? I can vaguely hear the tune, but do I know what it's from? I can have a guess. Mind you, sixty eight. Is it only 68? I thought it was older. All right, I'll have a go. Yeah. And finally, what is the girl gang called in the musical Grease? What's the girl gang called? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I know that one. Oh, that's right, it's Grease. You don't yeah, watch it. Yeah, not a clue. When are we going to do yeah. that, Roddy? <laughs> when are we going to watch Grease? Well, probably tonight at this rate, so that I can actually finally get an answer on the quiz. OK. Right, please help me out. Roddy, R-O-D-D-Y, like Noddy but with an R, at River.Radio. See whether I can get some points this week on the quiz. Come on, babe, why don't we paint the town? And all that jazz, I'm gonna rouge my knees and roll my stockings down. And all that jazz, start the car and all a whoopee spot Where the gin is cold but the piano's hot It's just a noisy hall where there's a nightly brawl And all that jazz Slick your hair and wear your buckle shoes He's a father dear who's gonna blow the blues And all that jazz Hold on, hon, we're gonna bunny hug I bought some aspirin and at United Drug In case we shake apart Want a brand new start to do That jazz Come on, babe, why don't we paint the town 
all that jazz. I'm gonna rouge my knees and roll my stockings down and all that jazz. Oh, there's a nightly brawl and all that jazz. Girl, I'm no one's wife, but oh, I love my life and all that jazz. That's jazz. Ah, it was a yeah. big slide there vocally, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I tell you what, I look good in those fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so the questions. Mm-hmm. Let's see how you how you do. Um, so, according to the musical, how many years has the annual Putnam Counting Spelling Bee been running. Now, I might be wrong, but in my head, isn't it the 59th that the that mm. is the show, so it's done 58 years? No. Oh, 65th? 25. What? Oh. 25th <laughs> annual put. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not arguing the toss. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was the name of the plant, the murderous plant, in uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Is it Audrey? It is. Yes. Okay, that's one that I think I've been asked before and didn't know and have now finally remembered. Oh, that's so good. I'm in proofs in the pudding, isn't yeah. it? QED. Um, according to the lyrics of My Fair Lady, where does it rain? If I'm right, does the rain in Spain mostly on the plain? Yes, it's not exactly. Rain the in rain in Spain falls, falls. mainly. On the plane. Yes. Is that Very right? Good, Is yes. that close enough for... That's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how are we doing? We've got three. Uh, two. No, two, two out, out of three. three. Okay, all right. Uh, next question was, who will buy? It's a song from which 1968 musical? 68, surprising me, so I think I'm going to be wrong. I thought it was Oliver. It is Oliver. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I thought Oliver was older. Oh, I'd have put it 40s, yeah. Oh, no. Um, and finally, what is the girl gang called in the musical Grease? Not a clue. I don't know. Do you know, know what the... they're wearing? Because that's a bit of a clue. No. Are they wearing pink? Yes. Are they the pink petrol heads? <laughs> I like that. No, just the pink ladies. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. well, three out of five. Okay. Well, you'd get a half because you said pink. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just a tiny little one. Right, well, it's time for us to um, make our way into the vault. Fabulous. Uh, we've not been at the vault for a couple of weeks. This is exciting. I don't know what's coming out. Uh, just been right. Okay, I've got my AirPods. I've got my glass of sparkling water. I'm spinning the Rolodex. And C. C. For chess. Chess. Chess, okay. the musical. Now, do you know who, who wrote it? I think, it, yes, because this came up in a quiz. Uh, it's the boys from ABBA yes. with Tim Rice who wrote the lyrics. Very so good. Benny and Bjorn and Tim Rice. If only that had been a quiz oh, question. Hey, I'll take it anyway. <laughs> right. So, written in 1984 by the ABBA legends Benny and Bjorn, and lyrics, as you said, by Sir Tim Rice. Now, Chess tells a story of love and political intrigue. It's set against the background of the Cold War in the late 70s, early 80s, in which superpowers attempt to manipulate an international chess championship for political gain. 
Right. Of course they do. Uh, two of the world's greatest chess masters, one's American, one's Russian, are in danger of becoming the pawns of their governments as their battle for the world title gets underway. And simultaneously, their lives are thrown into further confusion by a Hungarian refugee, a remarkable woman, who becomes the centre of their emotional love triangle. Mm-hmm. So this mirrors the heightened passions of the political struggles that threaten to destroy lives and loves. Now, you'll probably know uh, a lot of the songs. Uh, one of the classics is I Know Him So Well. I, yeah, because we played that a couple of weeks ago, yep. and I thought that was chess. Um, yeah. There's Anthem, Heaven Help My Heart. Oh, Anthem is gorgeous. Yep. I went to see this at the e when they did oh, it. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. And, and Pity the Child. Now, this musical, Chess, has won, you know, 1988 Tony Award uh, Best Actor in a Musical, David Carroll. Uh, Best Actress in a Musical, Judy Kahn. Uh, Drama Desk Award nominations for Outstanding Actor in a Musical, Actress in a Musical, Featured Actor in a Musical, Outstanding Music, Lighting Design, etc., etc., etc. So you saw it in uh, the London Coliseum in 2018. I did indeed. You did. And guess what? It's coming back. It's coming back. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I chose it. It's... It's returning to the West End for the first time since 2018, yeah. starring Samantha Barks okay. from Frozen Lenders, yeah. Hadley Fraser, right, from City of Angels and Phantom yeah. Opera, uh, Joel Harper Jackson, uh, Kinky Boots, Frances Miley McCann from Les Mis, um, Echo Mitchell from Body and Clyde, and Craig Ells from Matilda. And it's got a 50-piece London musical theatre orchestra. Wow. Which I'm really excited about. Now, it sold out. Oh. As we keep, hang on a minute. Hang okay. on, don't get too disappointed. Um, it sold out really quickly, as you can imagine. All right. And this is in August, uh, Monday, the 1st of August. So it's not that far away. Um, and then they added a second evening. Okay. On the 2nd of August, which is almost sold out. <laughs> and now they've just added... And a matinee on that 2nd of August. Right. Okay. Now, I, I'm i a bit disappointed with the prices. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Um, they, it was good value at the ENO, by the way. So if you see anything there again, they do really good value tickets. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. Yeah. And uh, it's part of the Drury Lane Summer Concert Series, uh, which is fantastic. But it's a Monday the 1st and Tuesday the 2nd of August, which is not that far away. No. Chess the Musical in concert. 50-piece orchestra, the most incredible talent singing the songs. Yeah. And it's it's a bit of um, – it's, it's probably more modern than people think as well because it's the other guys writing yeah, it as yeah. well. And obviously with Tim Rice. The tunes are great and there's quite a lot of projection. The dance is great. The yeah. staging is really interesting. It's, musically, I, I love Tim Rice's lyrics. I almost think he's got too much free reign here because it feels like a passion project of his. And at times, some of the lyrics, I mean, I've Googled them and had a look, look at yeah. them with Al before now and we've marvelled at what the heck is going on because it involves a really high-level knowledge of the Cold War in the 70s and chess. Yeah. And, the, and they're like, oh, wow, if you know all of that, very, very clever. And But even... Because you've got ABBA boys, it, yeah. the music's just great. The yeah. tunes are fantastic. It is. And chess and politics, Russian, American, yeah. love story. What, well, it's come full circle. What could circle. go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> we're, back, we're back in it. Um, and here is uh, One Night in Bangkok. That I thought. Bangkok, oriental setting, and the city don't know what the city is getting. The creme de la creme of the chess world. In a show with everything but Yul Brenner. Time flies, doesn't seem a minute since a tyranny inspired the chess boys in it. 
all change, but don't you know that when you play at this level, it's no ordinary venue. It's Iceland, or the Philippines, or Hastings, or this place. One night in Bangkok and the world's your oyster. The walls are temples, but the pearls ain't free. You'll find a god in every golden oyster. If you're lucky, then the gods are she. One town's very like another when your head's down over your pieces, brother. It's a drag. It's a ball. It's really such a pity when we're looking at the ball, not looking at the city. What do you mean? You've seen one crowded, polluted, stinking town, you... Teagles, warm, sweet. sweet. Somerset up in the Somerset concrete. Get tied, you're talking to a tourist whose every move's among the purest. I get my kicks above the waistline, sunshine. One night in Bangkok makes a hard man humble Not much between despair and ecstasy One night in Bangkok makes a tough guy stumble Can't be too careful with your company I can feel the devil walking next to me And you can listen again on our website. We're a podcast on Apple and Spotify and broadcasting live on DAB. Oh, it's our reviews section. It is. And you've been to see a film. I have. I have gone to see Elvis. Look at you straight in there. Yep. Straight out the track. Pretty much the day after it opened, Very actually. Good. Yeah. Um, that's what happens when you have a partner who's an Elvis obsession. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I was so impressed with Austin Butler, who oh, yeah. played um, Elvis. He is a young guy. He's been in sort of like the Disney Nickelodeon kind of okay, upbringing. Yeah. And uh, so he's no stranger to any of this world other than he never been in a recording studio before he yeah. never you know there's a lot of firsts for him um but he studied so intently 
uh, even even the the voice of Elvis when he was younger to when just a few years later when he's getting older and like oh, so wow. he he really real went into it yeah. yeah he was brilliant and all of the young stuff uh, of Elvis singing is actually Austin singing himself lovely um, and it's only the older stuff that they use the real Elvis's voice clever um, but I I was quite um, surprised by the content um, and actually what. Um, an advantage his manager had taken of his life. I, yeah. I had no idea. I've heard, and Tom Hanks plays yes. that manager, yeah. doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. What would you give it out of five stars? Out of five stars, I would give it mm, three, seven, five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thought provoking, revealing. It, it, for me, it took a little while to get going. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the trouble with those biopics, isn't it? Because it needs, it needs to give you the early, yeah. early part of the story. Sometimes that's not the bit with the mm, real Absolutely. But yeah, it was, I, I'd recommend going, especially okay. if you love others. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Well, clearly. Right, so <laughs> part three of Name That Show. Name That Show. Uh, he's pleased with who's the mage, who's the major. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, so that is the third little clip of a song from a major West End musical and Broadway musical. And uh, if you know what that is, please email in joe at river.radio so you can get it on my leaderboard. But, you know, it's pretty obvious. And that's a very different part of the song as well. Yeah. So if you just heard that, you might not know what it's from. Yes. But hopefully put all three together. That's the bit, bit that does a sort of a Godspell style. We're going to take one track, then we're going to see you another one, and then overlay yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Here it is again. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, see if you know that. Still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now to our Spotlight interview. Yay! Well, welcome to the programme, Daisy Winter-Taylor. woo woo, woo. <laughs> You've not long finished Doctor Who Time Fracture. True, yeah. How was your first experience of immersive? Uh, it was a baptism of fire, for sure. I had no idea what immersive theatre was. I was just brought in for this audition because I sang on a cruise ship. <laughs> I think that those of that know about the sort of stigma that comes with doing ships, it's not really a helpful thing to get you work when you come back to London and come back yeah. to land. Uh, people don't really rate it. And so it was the first time I'd been brought in for an audition because I'd sang on ship. Ah, yeah. Um, so I was a bit like, oh, okay, well, cool. And the character was essentially an, an alien cruise ship singer <laughs> really really bizarre crazy crazy experience probably more difficult because it was just out of the pandemic and it's immersive and i suppose that was really tricky with social distancing a lot of it's quite secretive coming coming i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you a secret or yeah. this information is very important and people didn't feel comfortable with that manner but we did it and it was it was an amazing experience yeah taught me a lot yeah <laughs> met some incredible people wow like coming from musical theatre background and then meeting a whole different genre of actors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of rules and boxes to tick in musical theatre. Uh, it's very aesthetic. And these people I was just sort of thrown to a show with, it was very relaxed and let's just play, let's play, let's see what happens. And that was really helpful, really, really Aww, amazing. Great. Yeah. Did audiences behave themselves? Uh, with Time Factor, no, because the audience demographic for Time Fracture was a lot of fans 
a lot of yeah. Doctor Who cosplay and people just want to play the game. Someone said to me once, this will be the kindest audience that you ever play to. And really? Because they want what you want. They want it to go well. They want to play. Yeah, yeah. They want to know, you know. I was wondering, did anyone come dressed up so well that they were mistaken for being in the show? <laughs> no, but there was this one woman sweet woman oh my goodness she must have been late 60s and she came dressed as a weeping angel yeah. um and she she was painted from head to toe with gray paint and she had this like white wig with the full span of wings <laughs> and the dress we sort of spotted it backstage on the cctv <laughs> the world is so kind and accepting no one batted an eyelid. Like, none of the yeah. audience were like, oh, you know, that's a bit weird. I mean, to be fair, I did think it was a bit unusual, but <laughs> it's, the, it's the safest place to be yourself, I suppose, if you yeah. love the world as much as the audience really did. Great. And now you're in Peaky Blinders The Rise. I am. Tell us about the show. Yeah, so we open today, actually, Roddy. Do you? Today is the opening day. Woo, yeah. You've been in preview, yes, haven't you? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Break a leg. Thank you, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> it's good. It's very good. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> the audience aren't really theatre-goers. They're not there for the theatre. They're yeah. there for, for Thomas Shelby. They're there for the Peaky Blinders. And it's been tricky in previews, I'm not going to lie. It's finding the difference between allowing the audience permission to take part and them going over the line and knowing boundaries because it's about a gang and there's lots of alcohol yeah. and drugs and sex and like it's really gritty the story but people they never fail to surprise me and then they instantly forget the rules of society yeah. when they go into an amateur show so that's been quite surprising very interesting the way that the company have handled it with every preview it's been very safe there's been a lot of a lot of talks with security in front of how the code system and I think last week we seemed to hit a little jackpot of finding the right balance yeah the show itself is amazing what's the premise so it's based on season one to three i would say mostly season two but there's little vignettes from season three it's a family meeting so the audience are kin they're family members of the shelby's you're given a family you do some sort of questionnaire before and you're assigned a family and then um, there's five different families and they all come into the family meeting at, at the top of the show and tommy has a plan he reveals that plan and then throughout the narrative each character has their own sort of little track that comes to meet at the end and there's three separate endings depending on how the audience play that's great i love that they've got the power to influence the outcome that's it's, brilliant. it's crazy and there's a lot of gameplay there's a lot of narrative a lot of music Ooh. and then there's a bit of an escape room vibe with a few little secret bits great there's a big money game yeah oh. it's, it's it's a cool cool thing great so there's a lot of fighting as well no so much violence lots of fighting is there aircon i should ask on a day like today yeah, there's icon. There is icon. For your sake, as much as the audience's. And yeah. what's your role? I am Phyllis Robbins. She is an original character to Peaky Blinders: The Rise, but she was a real human in the 1920s. Oh, wow. She was a singer. She used to sing on the West End, um, but she did a little bit of film. She was a British singer, and we've manipulated her narrative a little bit. We wanted to really think about the pretense before Peaky Blinders started. So it's a lot about the, the First World War. It's a lot about PTSD and women in the war. And we found this narrative for Phyllis. There was a, an organisation called the Actresses Franchise League. And it was the first organisation to send singers and entertainers to the front line, to the troops to lift morale. Oh, wow. Really cool. They did it a lot in World War II, but not so much in World War One. So that took a lot of digging. But it was there. So that's her narrative. She works for Charles Darby Sabini, who is the Italian. But she's also very good friends with Arthur Shelby 
from the war. She would sing for him. So she's a sneaky because she plays her her two powerful peers off each other. Oh, that sounds good fun to sink your teeth into. Great. Where is it? The Camden Market. It's at the Camden Garrison, which is obviously the pub in the show. It opens today and it runs until February, I think. I'm running till November. So it's on now. It's on till February. Mm. It's called Peaky Blinders The Rise. It's in Camden. Get yourselves down there. (laughs) Thank you very much, Daisy Winter-Taylor, for telling us all about it today. You are so welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Right, the time has come. It has, Roddy. To reveal to the great public of the Thames Valley here on stage door what that clip, or what those three clips those were three from. Those three clips were from... Yeah. The musical Wicked! Yay! <laughs> of course they were. Yeah. And the song was One Short Day. One Short Day. Yeah. The, well, you see what I mean about it being I, a bit like ladies. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> so we're going to play you out with the full track of One Short Day from Wicked... But for this week, that's it from Stage Door. Oh, join us both next Thursday at 11 for more. From, from the, the Stage, stage door. door. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Wrong.